Hello and welcome back to Football Genfron, the only English language podcast dedicated to Armenian football. We are back today after being on opposite sides of the earth, uh, on opposite watch party spectrums. Chad ends in the stadium, uh, Armen on his couch, and me in a bar in Glendale with a hundred other Armo men. Um, it was a wild and insane time, but we have a lot to get to, uh, gentlemen. This is going to be a little bit of a different one. We're just going to be focusing mainly on Armenia versus Turkey. We will talk about the Cyprus game as well, uh, but our primary focus is the Euro 2024 qualifying game, uh, which ended in a scoreline of Armenia 1 and Turkey 2. Um, there were three Turks on the goal-scoring sheet. Uh, Kabak in the 10th minute with an own goal. Uh, Kokchu in the 34th minute with a decent strike. And then Aktutorgu uh, in the 64th minute uh, with a little bit of a smart play, is what I would call it. Uh, but before we jump into it, uh, Armen, why don't you tell us uh, what the Armenian starting lineup looked like uh, and what was the uh, essentially formation and approach to the game? What's up? Uh, well, at goal there was Arsen Beglarian, the way it was supposed to be. We lined up three starting uh, center backs. Uh, it should have been Andre Chalashir, but he got injured right before the game, I think the day before. Yep. Uh, so we had Georgi Harutunian stepping up with his very first professional minute senior football. Not professional, but senior football. So it was Georgi Arutunian, about whom we'll be talking in depth later. The captain, Varas Tataroyan. And lastly, Daron Voskanian. No comment. Uh, fullbacks, another debutant, uh, about whom we'll be talking a long and deep, Nair Tiknizian. And on the right back, Kamohovanesian. Down at the middle, it was Ugechuku Ivu, another debutant. And uh, the star goat, young king, all of that and more, Edward Spertsian pulling the strings for the team. Uh, up front of the wings, Lucas Selarayan and the Grandpa of the right wing, Norberto Briasco Balikian as the lone striker. It was a three. Four, uh, was it a three, three, four, four three? three. Yeah. yeah, that would become a five, uh, two, three. I have my thoughts and comments, but more on that later on. That was Armenia's 11, ladies and gentlemen. Chadens, uh, this might be a little bit more difficult for you, but um, why don't you walk uh, us through the uh, Turkish starting lineup for this game? They went with, um, I'd say experience more than anything, right. So the Turkish lineup was 4-3-3 with Grunok in goal, Kabak the, the on-goal scorer, Bulut, Soyuncu, Demiral in defense with Kadioglu, Charhanoglu and Kokchu in midfield. And the, their attacking three was filled with Unal, Under and Tosun. Yeah, so pretty, pretty strong lineup from the Turkish side. Uh, they were coming into this game pretty fresh i would say as compared to us i think they only had like one injury and it was like a player had a cold or something uh so not much compared to compared to ours so let's 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 first talk about a, a couple things first let's start with um armenia's defensive problem uh this is something that we were told and heard that you know it was going to be we were going to start seeing some changes and then about 24 hours before the match starts, we get news that Andre Kalisir is injured. He's not starting, and he's one of our one of the people we anticipated to start in this game. Um, then during the match, his replacement, uh, which we assume is Daron Voskanian, uh, gets injured, and Stiopa Makarchan, who was just getting rehabilitated from a back injury, comes onto the field in the first half only to be substituted in the second half early because he re-aggravated his injury. So that's three central defenders injured in a span of 24 hours for Armenia. We have an 18-year-old central defender making his national team debut coming in as a replacement. 
And then we have Haroyan, who hasn't been in the best of form. Uh, and that's that was the, I, the the circus that I would call our back line before this game started. But all things considered, they actually didn't play bad at all. Uh, and and we'll we'll get into that. But first, let us talk about the opening goal in the match, which was Kabak's own goal um, that was started by a very intricate piece of skill by debutant Naya Tiknizian, who span his defender using some like little inside flick thing uh, and played it into Iwu in the midfield. Uh, Iwu took it out on the uh, right wing, where I believe it was in awaiting uh, Kamo Hovanesian, uh, uh, who then hit the ball up to Tigran Barcerian, who held it up, passed it back to Kamo, who blasted the ball in uh, across the face of the goal towards the far post, where uh, Lucas Zellerayan was actually making a diagonal run inwards. Um, but Kabak put his foot in the way and went into an own goal. Uh, gentlemen, I'll open this floor up uh, to first for whoever wants to start it. Maybe we'll start with you, Chanan, since you were in the stadium. Um, from where you were sitting, uh, and at the time, I know it's a lot of emotions and, and stuff running high, but uh, what were your thoughts on the goal, on the buildup from your perspective uh, in in the actual stadium, because you didn't get the benefit of a replay. Of course, you watched the goals after again, like how we all did. But uh, what was your what was your thoughts as it was unfolding in real time in front of you? Well, uh, it's a feeling I'm never gonna get again. <laughs> very <laughs> difficult. It's gonna be very difficult to to get a feeling like that again. Uh, I felt that the the it was it was it was unexpected to score this early. Uh, after getting one very good chance within the ne- uh, the first 10 minutes, w- we believed that there could be more. And after that, there were some good uh, attempts in trying to get forward. The main idea was we knew we could do more, and there was there was even a bigger hope. Uh, I and there was this there was this thing going on. Because I, I I watched again the the clip that I took because I actually managed to take take a video clip of the goal. Uh, everyone were, were shaking their hands around me. It was like in a way it was like come on let's go uh, let's keep going um, let's attack more let's let's do more. And then everyone the whole stadium was chanting Hayastan like non-stop non-stop. Sounds like sounds like a dream dream come true. I can tell you from my perspective, I, I was at the bar underdogs, of course, for our watch party that we were co-hosting. Um, packed, packed, uh, uh, packed bar with 100 plus people in there. And it's not that big of a space, maybe even more. Maybe it was like 150 people. I don't even know. Uh, millions of screens and a humongous projection screen. You would you would think we were in the stadium. That's how loud it got in there. That's how loud it got during the goal. That's how loud it got during the national anthem. Uh, it was it was an incredible experience. Um, Anmen, uh, from a technical standpoint, uh, the build up to the goal. This is something that like we haven't necessarily seen from an Armenian side in a while, at least. Uh, was was probably one of the better build ups I've ever seen. Sadly, it came out to an own goal, not one of our players putting the ball in the back of the net, but it still all counts the same. But the build-up, uh, a Spertianless build-up, I, I would say, uh, what was your thoughts on it from a technical standpoint? Yeah, I was actually going to get in, literally into that, uh, read my mind. Um, but before I do analyze technically, uh, even if it was an own goal, there was Lucas. Like, he was there to push it in if... Kabak hadn't done so. So it was going to be a goal regardless. Like, uh, no matter how you look at it, it was a play through and through that was going to end up in goal. Uh, So, yeah, all around a great goal. Teamwork. It was insane, honestly. Like, to see the team uh, sink that well. And you could already, like, off the bat, you could already see Petrakov's hand. And and uh, it was kind of like a set piece in motion. Uh, Technesian starting it off with a, an insane flick. Like, 
I loved watching people, reading people, tweets and stuff from non-Armenians, uh, even Turks and neutrals, everyone surprised at uh, a left back doing what Tiknesi just did. Uh, then you got Iwu with an awesome pass. Uh, again, the one-two, as you mentioned, between Tico and Camo. Uh, no, it was it was a beauty, really. Um, one thing I want to uh, remark before we move on. Uh, I see a lot of people calling for Camo Vanessian to play more and whatnot. Uh, but him and Tico had that play and not much more. So please take that into account. Both of them are great. Quote, unquote. Uh, but they're getting old. And you could tell. On the one hand, Camo had that great run and a beautiful first half hour, uh, maybe an even a beautiful first half all around. Uh, but the second half was more of the same. And that was partly why we got overrun. But more on that later, uh, the goal was a beauty and the team was there and a lot more to look forward to based on that. Yeah, and and as we had mentioned, so we, we scored that goal. That was in the tenth minute. That was coming off, I would say, uh, that was I would say our second wave of pressure of attack during during that game. Uh, and then in the twenty eighth minute, I would say after a solid seven eight minutes of of Turkey having the ball and then a little bit more of our domination, we created a couple more chances. Uh, there was this really another really good run in the back post uh, that from. Lucas Delran, where he slid and he barely missed the ball. There was, oh yeah, that uh, was crazy. There was another. There was a lot of diagonal passes I noticed uh, from Iwu when he received the ball deep. Uh, he was looking for Tiknesian's run on the left sides. One of them actually connected and it created to another chance. Um, and then from here, things started to get a little bit rough. Uh, so Dalton Voskanian got injured. Um, he got injured during a tackle when he was in. The Turkish box. Uh, this this is a point that I, for some reason I haven't seen come up nearly enough. But he was making a, a challenge for the ball. He got in front of the defender. Then the defender subsequently took him down via leg to leg contact, and he okay. goes down and he's and he's hurt. Like you could tell he's not moving. Um, for some reason that play. Uh, the the ref whistled a foul, but it's it seemed like he whistled a foul on Voskanyan, which didn't make sense because Voskanyan was the one that got tackled, which made that play not being able to be reviewed by VAR. Because as pointed out by Petrikov after this game and in the pre-match of the Cyprus game, that should have been a penalty. Um, and I 100% agree that that should have been a penalty. Gentlemen, I'll open this up to you guys just so we can discuss this this non-given penalty for a minute. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It might have been hard for you to remember, Chanins, because you, yeah. you were where you were in the stadium, yeah. but we, we got several replays of that on our feed, and from any angle you look at it, Tadarum got tackled really hard with no attempt at the ball. Yeah, I remember I mean, him being down, but I don't remember. I don't remember how it happened. I I I watched the highlights today just to, just to refresh my memory, but it didn't they show. Even show. It's not even showing on the highlights, which is crazy. Oh my god, Amen. It was a penalty. I mean, uh, I was just mentioning how um, third parties and not just us were surprised at Technesian. Well, I was reading tweets from non-Armenians and whatnot, and they were all. Uh, saying it was a penalty, it was a clear pen. Uh, one thing I want to get into uh, in relation to that, uh, strictly more uh, throughout the whole game now, uh, and not just one incident, is that, yeah, they, like, Turkey was the fair winner. We could have drawn, we could have equalized, and even won that game. It could have gone our way, like, easy. That, that wouldn't be a, it was a fair result all in all. Yeah. Uh, could have gone our way as well. It would have been very uh, realistic, considering how the game went, right? Uh, but one thing that I also see that people are not mentioning that much 
that was brought up during the presser. It was spoken. Uh, I spoken about this with several friends. They all agreed. The ref, it was like he wasn't decisive other than this uh, missed penalty call, but he did like uh, sanction every single split decision their way. Like on every single doubt, he was going like just to be sure, just in uh, to be safe. Let's go with uh, the more footballistic tradition team, the one with the more pedigree. I don't know, kind of thing. Uh, because every split decision, bro, really, every yeah, split decision. I have, was going to so I have numbers actually to back that up. So in the first half, uh, Turkey received three yellow cards and we received one. Uh, and during that time, they they committed about 13 fouls in that first half. Sorry, not 13. Nine fouls in that first half, most of which were on Norberto Briasco Balacan. He was the most fouled. Uh, he played he played his role superbly in this game as, as a holdup player. And then after those three yellow cards that the Turkish side were given, Armenia was penalized for what felt like every single foul. At the end of the day, we did commit substantially more fouls than Turkey did, especially in the second half. But I will say the amount of fouls that should amount to yellow cards uh, were, were a lot a larger on the Turkish side, um, especially in that second half. They didn't get a single yellow card until the 91st minute. It, so that entire second half where they where they did gave, uh, I think it was like six or seven fouls, some of which were awful tackles, nothing, or yeah. shirt pullbacks or something, you know, like things that should be given as a yellow card, advantages that weren't given. Uh, I remember, I think, yeah, I can't remember what who it was, but there was an was even that. There was even one part where Camo didn't, Camo was given a yellow maybe, I'm not sure if he was given a yellow after that, but he fouled apparently, but he didn't even touch the player. Oh, that one too. Yeah, there was there was a couple of, there was a couple instances of that actually. And in the second half, Khoren Bayramian's yellow card in the 65th minute, he did not do anything. Oh yeah, he, there was no foul, there was no tackle, there was nothing. It was a throw-in for Turkey. He looked at the ref and he was like, "Why is it a throw-in for them?" And then the ref gave him a yellow card. Oh my God, bro! We had one more yellow card than they did. Like, even that. Even that went their way. Like he was so much easier on them than he was with us on us. Uh, and to top it all off, he ended the game like 15 seconds earlier when it was us attacking, looking for the equalizer. I I think he just wanted this game to end. I think that's what it, it was. Without without any sort of um uh some fiasco or something. I get it, but it it does add up. Like to the I other agree. Thing. I agree. Uh, I agree. And so after Dadon Boskanian got injured, um, things started to shift uh, in terms of momentum uh, a little bit. So the Turkish side had a, a very, very heavy set of possession where they created two decent opportunities within a couple minutes. Uh, and that eventually led to their equalizing goal from Kokchu. Uh, in the 34th minute, uh, let's break this goal down a bit because I think this goal is is a little bit easier um, easier to break down uh, than than the second goal that Turkey scored because this comes this goal comes from one thing and that is uh, a lack of pressure on the ball. And at this time, we saw mm. all of the Armenian players in the box. We had a Eduard Spertsan and Iwu who are supposed to be the people that are giving pressure. Uh, on the top of the box of the players. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Iwu was covering uh, one of the Turkish attackers. And it's, it was Spektan's responsibility to come across uh, and fill in the space and stop any potential balls going into the box. Uh, Spektan notices this shift a little too late. Uh, and then at that point, Kokchu puts in in my opinion, a very good, very good strike uh, into the bottom right corner of Beglarion through traffic. Uh, I'd like to think that that was the only place that guy could have put the ball. That would have, that it would have been a goal. Um, and fair play to them. I thought it was a very, very good goal. Um, boys, 
open this up to you guys. Thoughts on uh, Turkey's equalizing goal? What could Armenia have done better to prevent that? Uh, and and so on. Let's start with you, Chadens. From your perspective, what did that look like? Besides being deflating for the crowd, which I'm 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 sure it was. Well, for me, this that that specific goal. I mean, it was it was like a turn off. Uh, everyone switched off, and we can see that it's normal, understandable. However, for the future, we're going to try to avoid these kind of scenarios. Obviously, a specific key defensive issue I had personally was the fact that uh, whenever Turkey got below the halfway line, so they were uh, in. Let's say it's our uh, it's our half of the field halfway to that so right outside the box there was no aggressive pressing on their players that was my main issue i don't know if you guys saw that but for me that that was that was a key issue because that's how they could just get short passes through and they could make chances and maybe the first goal was something of that sort there was not enough press there were three players in front who could have uh, just gone to the player and try to get the ball off of him at least. Armin? Yeah. Uh, as you guys mentioned, first and foremost, it was uh, like a beautiful strike. It was a stunner. Uh, the only place he could have placed the ball, uh, put the ball in, and it would, would be in. But as you mentioned as well, it was a loss of focus. Uh, I attribute this to the kind of game it was, like the significance it had to fans, players, everyone alike. Uh, you could tell that we started off a little too eager and it paid off with a goal uh, and it showed because we were pressuring them. They were, they were getting nervous early on. We got the lead early on. We were looking further for more goals and whatnot. But at the around the 25th, 30th minute, uh, it was the first span of time where we kind of like lowered our guard. I don't know if the expression would be right, but it was the first span of time, like the first half hour mark, uh, we lost a little bit of focus because we were already worn out. Uh, we're not used to that kind of games, uh, let alone at that level. So Turkey noticed the Turkish team as a whole, I would say, including the coaching staff and whatnot, um, because they are more used to this kind of games. Like naturally they play European cups more often. They play club European cups as well every year. So they noticed this and they started to give the ball to Jalhanolu way more often. I noticed like 31st minute, they did have like a hint that they were going to do something dangerous. And I said, oh, please don't let Jalhanolu get the ball. Mark him. I remember yelling at the screen. And said and done, three minutes later, uh, Jalanolu somehow finds uh, teammates that find Kukchu. Uh The mark was not quite there, which is also part, not just the lack of focus, but what you mentioned, guys, uh, Spertian should have been there. That's also because Edward was played out of position. He did, he played great. He had, like, overall, he had a good game. Uh, in a good camp, but you could tell that that's not his natural position, and uh, it showed. Unfortunately, he didn't get the shine. One thing I mentioned throughout like weeks now, uh, I think that Zelarayan and Spezia should have switched roles. I will elaborate on that later. Yeah, yeah, that that's something that we could definitely talk about, but but. Wrapping up the first half, so that goal was the start of 10 minutes of solid pressure from the Turkish side uh, and a couple of counterattacking opportunities that didn't really come to fruition because every single time we would recover the ball, uh, we would get fouled. And that led to that led to three straight red cards. I mean, yellow cards for the Turkish I wish red cards. Three straight yellow cards for the Turkish side. Soyuncu, uh, Bulut, and Demiral uh, all got into the book because we were being started to become a lot more dangerous um, on the counterattack. But 
it kind of looked very similar to what it used to look like. It was it, it looked like it was going to build up to something good, but then someone would make a, a, a dumb pass or a stupid error or try to take on one too many players, and it would just lead to another yeah. turnover. And and so we go into halftime uh, at one all, and at this point, there's a couple of, couple of overarching things we can mention. One, the crowd at the game was unreal. Uh, Chadens, you, of course, being there, could probably speak to this the most. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that was the loudest I have ever seen an Armenia game. Uh, the fans were ch- doing chanting. There was pyrotechnics. There was smoke. There was everything you, as as a football fan, when you think of really good. I'm not talking about Premier League. Pre- Premier League's like a, too glamorous. I'm not talking about the glamour part of football. But I'm talking about you. You think of like a real derby game. You're talking about a. Uh, I don't know, maybe like a like a Red Star versus uh, what's the other one, Armin? You would know this. Partizan. Partizan. Something like that, where they had like all the flares going off, the smoke, the the chanting, nonstop. That's what it was. Uh, and credit to the first Armenian friends, the official ultras uh, of of Armenian football, for not only gathering people in the build up to the game, which shot and see if you're a part of. It, I'm gonna come to you, obviously, for all this right now. But during the game. Uh, they did a number of great things to keep our team motivated. Um, Chadens, just give us a little bit about what that experience was like in that first half, like in the stadium, maybe the build-up to the game. How how did that all feel? It started from uh, four hours, three and a half hours before the game. Uh, they all gathered in uh, at the opera, in front of the opera, and uh, half an hour before uh, starting to march, so half an uh, so like at six they were supposed to march three hours before the game. Five thirty they started singing, they started uh, gaining attention. Uh, people who did not know, who did not have any idea about football, they were just you could tell they were looking, they were so curious. Um, there was even there were even some uh, foreigners, non-Armenians. I could hear them coming and asking, uh, "Sorry, are these football fans? Uh, sorry, is there a game today?" And they were like, "It was it was so uh, interesting." And then afterwards, uh, we marched all the way to the all the way to the stadium. In the streets, even if people with cars were blocked and they couldn't move, they were beeping, they were showing support, they were clapping. People from buildings, you could see. They were clapping, video recording. Uh, everyone uh, from the from the whoever was marching, they were clapping back, uh, nonstop chanting Hayastan. Uh, and I want to take this opportunity uh, to say two things. One, well done to the FAF, to the First Armenian Front, for doing this. And two, to show the difference between us as people and some other countries who think that it's our hatred uh, towards the others. It's not. It's the fact that we love our country so much that we do these things. And this was the chance to show to the world of sport who we're made of. Even Even though we lost, this showed our standards. This showed who we are as people. And we love this sport, and we love our uh, homeland. Yes, uh, it's a big credit to them. It was great, and it, and it carried on to the to the friendly game after as well. But uh, back to the match. So halftime at this point, at, we're reflecting on the first half and also looking at the bench and seeing who are the game changers that can come off the bench. Uh, some surprise news: uh, when the match day squad was released, there were some. Big omissions, uh, the first of which being Huron uh, Leon Ranos, who was omitted for the squad. This was something that we thought would happen. Um, and I, we were never really given the exact reason. We were told his paperwork wasn't ready, but then it was also ready three days later to play against Cyprus. So who really knows uh, what happened there? But even bigger uh, of a surprise was that Girard Charoyan uh, and Artur Seropian were not included in the squad, in the match day squad against Turkey. So looking at the bench, 
there were not as many attacking options, but there were still quality attacking options. We had, of course, Sargi Salamian uh, and Vaham Bichakshan, who both did come off the bench in the second half. Uh, but moving forward, the second half started a little bit similar, actually, to how the first half went. There was about five or so, uh, it was about 10 minutes or so of, or, of, of Turkish pressure. Then we had some another little counterattacking opportunities that just weren't working. Turkey had some heavy opportunities. Armenia created one or two good chances, but that didn't really come into anything. Uh, and then during a spell of about five minutes or so of pressure, uh, the Turkish side took the lead in this game. Uh, and that came in the 64th minute uh, from Aktuk Torglu, um, who scored a goal that really demonstrates how well Armenia played in this game, but also simultaneously uh, shows that you can easily be punished uh, at this level. And that is what you should expect. Um, the way that this goal happened was there was a foul in the buildup. Uh, and our entire back line was pressed up against to uh, the center field area. And the Turkish team qu- took the uh, took the kick quickly. Uh, they, the ref allowed them to take the ball quickly, which is totally within his purview. Um, the ball was not moving. The ball was completely still. And it was a straight through pass that threaded between Harutunyan and Haroyan, who were kind of not paying attention uh, at the time, they were just looking around their left and right shoulders to try to get the back line reset, um, not realizing that, hey, this guy could take the ball quickly, uh, which is normally why you would see players jumping in front of balls or kicking a ball away a little bit. It's to give their team the opportunity to draw back and to reshape and get back in position. Um, that didn't happen. They were both busy trying to get the rest of the back line in order. Turkey took the ball quickly. One pass threaded through. Uh, Oktukroglu straight in on goal. Very nice near post shot. Begladon got down, but not quick enough. Uh, and 2-1 Turkey. Uh, gentlemen, I think I'll, I'll start by saying, one, I think this showed how both goals came during lapses of concentration, which shows that Armina is capable at least this team that was put out, of concentrating in a match for 90 minutes. But lapses at this level, and you know, at one of the higher levels of, of football, are going are gonna to cost you. Um, and that's, that's what we saw here. Um, I don't think we can blame individual players, per se, for this second one. I think it was like a whole team issue, uh, because the entire back line, or Iwu, or uh, Espertian, or... One of the, the wingbacks, no one thought to say, hey, we should get in front of that ball, uh, which is something that they had done several times uh, before that goal happened. And the one time they didn't do it, Turkey stayed on. They were still sharp because they had about a solid 10 minutes of, of pressure. So they were very much in attack mode and they saw the opportunity and they took advantage. Um, Ahmed, we'll start with you. Quick, your thoughts on that second goal. Um what did you, what, what, how did you feel about it? Uh, you summed it up pretty nicely. Again, yeah, what I felt is, uh, oh, not this again. Again, 10 minutes left in concentration again proves deadly. Simple. Uh, like, that's several things, like uh, the pedigree I mentioned, like the tradition, the football tradition. They grew up playing much more football than uh, the kids in Armenia usually do. Uh, Vato should have been there. Vato should have, like our, our captain, Haroyan, we love him. But as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's been a while since he's been our, at his best. Uh, it's like after leaving La Liga, he hasn't been the same. Uh, it's a shame. He had a really bad game overall uh, for what he has us used to. Uh like, we can't really say much about that. Yeah, again, uh, it was all about focus. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a professionalism thing. I mean, it's going to come over time. So that's what I believe. Exactly. 
Yeah, and I think this is this, yeah, and, and this is where we can reiterate the fact that we had an 18-year-old central defender who came in in this game, uh, pocketed a, a La Liga striker Unal the entire game, uh, did a superb job, and I think. I think that the older players, the the players that were more experienced players, were the ones that let the team down in this game. Exactly. Uh, it's been it, for a while, actually. It, it has been for a while, and that is something we've been talking about. But these are these are places that you know uh, experienced players like Hadoyan should know get in front of the ball. Experienced players like Hadoyan Okamo, who has a million caps for this team, or uh-huh. uh, Tigran Barsevian, or someone says, yells at the player next to them, at Iwu, at Spertian, uh, or tells them, hey, pressure, pressure, pressure the ball, pressure the ball. And these these experienced players who you anticipate in traditional football have the leadership experience were the ones that didn't do those leadership-esque things that needed to be done. Instead, you saw Tiknizian doing a lot on his own. You saw Spertian trying his best to carry the ball to organize the midfield. You saw Zelorayan and Briasco, who both don't even speak Armenian, trying to make sure everyone is getting into position. And it just it just makes you think, like, the, these players that we look to that are supposed to be those leaders had really, really let us down. By the way, a detail from uh, Balekian. Uh, th- after I watched the highlights again today, I realized that uh, that player was annoying the Turkish defense and it was brilliant. He was running up and down, up and down, and it was he was annoying them and we we could get fouls because of that. He, yeah, I think good. he I think he he had a really underappreciated game and you could really see the difference when uh when when he Norby got subbed off and mm-hmm. instead you got Sargis Adamian uh, came up top. You mm-hmm. notice the difference, the the drop in intensity. In the in this and and it was noticeable, I would say uh, I would say again in the next game, frontline substitutions there was just a drop in intensity. Balakian I think did exactly what he does as an RG and an Armen you can you can probably speak more to this but that was yeah. be a fly, be an annoying fly and be everywhere and get under <laughs> the skin. What are you implying? I'm implying I'm implying that. He brought a good South American mentality to this game. Yeah. That's what yeah, he yeah. brought. He brought a really good South American how to piss off how to piss off the other team. That's why they got so many yellow cards because he was pissing them off, and it was Bro, working. He brought up the hustle. Uh, like he was asked to hustle, and that's what he did. He you mentioned it like that was his task, and he carried it out to perfection. If anything. Uh, the one that was a little underwhelming was the compatriot, Lucas, uh, who is not young, by the way. Um, like, he's a classic number 10 that can work as a central mid, which is why I think it was a no-brainer, bro, that Lucas and Edo, Zelarayan and Spertian, should have uh, switched places and both would have delivered and performed much better and brought the team much more results. Because Lucas, in a central role, uh, down the central lane, with his experience and his pedigree, would know how to pull strings, would know much better how to like feel the temperature of the game. And Edo, off, off the wings, instead of Lucas, would have been much more deadly. And uh, considering we literally spoke, and time and again, uh, before the game on the show, uh, before the game, that speed and pace was going to be key. Um, Lucas is the slower, the slowest attacker we have, no matter how magical he is, and it showed. And Spertian is deadly fast, can dribble uh, at like I would say he dribbles faster than he does without the ball. Yeah. Uh, and but why is Zelarayan in the middle though? Zelarayan in the middle of the field or in the middle attacking role? I, I, he says just switch their places. Have Zelaran be playing that deeper role that Edo is playing the ball carrying role, and then have Edo be part of as as a left winger or interchanging with the front line. That way he can come in deep, get the ball, and make those runs without having to pick the ball up from before, like in our side of the field. Rather on their side of the field, pick the ball up where he'll be a lot more effective. 
Isn't like, Zellerian though more attacking? It, no, no. Like, they're, they're both they're both attacking. equal. I'd say they're both equal in in attacking, but as Ahmed said, he's creative. He and and mm-hmm. Edo Edo is more of a direct, and I mean, and Zellerian's is more indirect, which would play better into him playing deeper. That's mm. simple. Like Lucas okay. is kind of a passive player. Like he likes to get the ball and move it around a little bit. You know, uh, kind of like in basketball. Uh, I think it's the point guard you call it. Um, but he was Lucas was literally bullied by the Turkish right back. Like that wouldn't have happened with Edo. Like give the ball to him, and and the right back wouldn't have even seen him coming. Yeah, and and in this game, that the one time that Edo got a really good runoff from higher up in the midfield when he picked up the ball, he played that incredible through ball to Lucas. That ball, I I think it cut through three Turkish defenders, one of them sliding in to try to intercept, and Lucas got a touch and then tried to get the shot off, and it got blocked, but it's incredible. I don't think Lucas even thought that pass would go through. Exactly. Bro, by the way, had it been a faster play instead of Lucas at that place, it would have been go. It would have been in. Yeah, it would have been. So I, I think that's another, it's, it's, but also, I mean, you have to look at it from his perspective. I think he would have been more prepared had he thought that the yeah. pass would have gone through, which to be fair, he should have anticipated. He should always anticipate the pass will come, but that was an insane pass from Spetsyan. That was like, that's world. that was a world-class pass. That's like it was if, a show. If, okay. if Luke if Luka Modric did that pass, uh, it, it would you would see that all over Twitter for the rest of the day. You know that's that's the type of pass that was. But of course, at those Armenian, no one's really paying attention yeah. to them, or were they? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Honestly, no no fault of their own. Also, like uh, I don't want to blame the players. In this case, I agree with most of what Petrakov did throughout the whole window. Like, yeah. Hats off. Great job so far. Uh, but this one was a coaching blunder. Uh, but he'll get the, like, he's getting the taste of it. I don't think it's fair to call it a coaching blunder. I actually think Petrakov did very well considering yeah. the circumstances. Uh, the whole, I, I can't, I can't call it a blunder. I actually think his tactics were very good. I think, yeah. We failed because our players that we looked to for leadership did not awesome. bring, bring that experience onto the pitch like they should have. But that's come that's on. why. Was the Spanish like I think it's Javi Miniano, uh, the, the the assistant coach. He knows the team much better. Uh, he should have like told him, you know, look, uh, Pet, uh, I think you should switch these two players. Uh, and it but, would pay off more. But again, again, the, he he only had a few days with some of these players before this game even started. But Definitely. And so it's you you he in his position he's gonna say okay I know, uh, Joran Bayramian regularly comes off the bench. He's a very experienced player. He can do this X Y and Z. But in this instance, I think his biggest mistake in this game was bringing Bayramian on. I think that was a very wrong move. I, he was not the he was not the type of player for this game. As as we saw the game unfold, we didn't need a player like him. We needed a more direct player. I think Girard Shaoyan would have probably been a much much better person to have brought on, but he wasn't even on the squad list. So you could tell that he just went with who are the experienced people that I can bring in up top. That's Bayramian, that's Adamian, that's Bichakshan. And that's just what he went for. Yo, you talk experience. Now let's please let's let's talk newcomers. Yeah, sure, we can talk newcomers. I mean, they were they were as you would call the beacon of hope of this um, throughout this window. Spersian, uh, Harutunian, Ranos, Tiknesian, all had incredible windows. Um, Iwu, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment to say Iwu proved me wrong. And I will say this on your behalf too, Anman. He definitely proved yeah. you wrong. He played so well. I would say 60 minutes of both games. He was superb. Uh, I've never seen someone recover like that. I've never seen an army. He was aggressive in the right ways. He uh, he started to slip up, but you could tell when he was getting really tired. 
but he was doing covering the lanes really well. He was doing the things he should be doing. Um, so credit to him, big credit to him. And, and I'm looking at this uh, foot mob player ratings, and our ratings are substantially lower than the Turkish side's ratings. But if you look at the game statistically, we're super even. Expected goals, shots, chances created, accuracy of passes, uh, the, the uh, shot accuracies, possession, uh, expect the expected goals in the, in the second half. We outplayed them in open play. We outplayed them. Yet our rating is lower. It just goes to tell you that we're just ge- a genuinely a not understood team. But anyway, I digress on that. I'll let I'll let you guys talk a little bit more about the these young these young guns. Don't even look at those ratings. Like they're bullshit. Don't... They're bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but yeah. I mean, bro. Harutunian is rated six points out of ten. That is not how things went down. As you mentioned, he kept, bro. You said you said how evil proved us wrong, proved me wrong. Harutunian did as well. I mean, I wouldn't have, like, yeah, maybe he has potential, but I never, in my wildest thoughts, I would have dreamt, like, in my wildest dreams, I would have thought. That a kid that didn't even make first team club debut was gonna keep a La, one of the most informed La Liga strikers in his back pocket. Like I watched 30 games of Liverpool this season. Joe Gomez didn't play once like that. Once. Bro, yeah. composure on uh, this kids. Let let me drop some stats really once. quickly and I'll let you continue on, man. I just wanted to reinforce your point. So he was rated 6.0 according to Footmob. He had a 76% pass accuracy. He had 37 touches on the ball. He had four passes into the opposition's final third. That's how much oh he was God. pushing up in this game. He had four out of seven accurate long balls, which means that plan was working, clearly. Uh, he had he won half of his ground duels, and he won 60% of his aerial duels. This is an 18-year-old kid that, for a majority of the time, according to these statistics— did better than the opposing player in front of him. No, it was crazy. Like, I'm trying to take every stat you just brought in, and uh, I can't wrap my mind around this kid. Like, uh, aside from me mentioning he had Unal in his back pocket, which was the task, like, Unal was his mark. Aside from that, they... There was this one play that got imprinted on my mind. Like, me and Tito went out that night. We spent part of the night talking about the game, and we were talking about this particular play. Uh, Under got the ball, and you know Under. He's fast. He's a winger, classic, a textbook winger. Fast, like, uh, kind of like Charoyan. He likes to dribble and jogo bonito type of shit. And he went at Tarotunian thinking, he's a two-meter tall 18-year-old kid, I'm going to pass them quickly and easy. I'm an experienced Olympique Olympic de Marseille winger, oh la la, très bien. No, bro, the way Jorgi stopped him, it was insane. It was a cleanest tackle, the cleanest tackle I've seen. And I'm a sucker for these things, for defense. I love clean tackles. And he got it back for us and started the counter. That's he was majestic with a capital yeah. M. He was, definitely was. And another player we could highlight, Nair Tiknizian. This was his Armenian national team debut. A player that we have been talking about and waiting for for years. Years. Uh, has experience at the highest level. Played in the Under-21 World Cup. Plays in European competition. Uh, starts for one of the better clubs in Russia, Lokomotiv Moscow. Historically great. Not doing so hot right now. He played superb. His ability to get out of pressure was amazing, and it's what led to our first goal. Uh, and and he was able to dribble past players. He brought flair. He brought finesse. He brought this like uh, he brought everyone else's level one level up around him. Mm. And that's the type of players that we need on this national team. And you could tell. I was looking forward to him working with Spertian and, and seeing their combinations. And the one time they combined was the time that Spertian made an insane pass. So, you know, it's 
it's things like that that I'm that I'm looking for. And it's these young players that that are the ones that are bringing it. It's it's they're providing us not only this depth that we've been that we've been looking for for a very long time, um, but they're also bringing it on the field right now. And it's making all these older experienced players look like shit. Yeah, that's beautiful, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> Chadens, final final thoughts on this game? We we are gonna develop over this. That's we're gonna get better than this. That's that's my thought. Armin, your final thought. Beacon of hope, baby. Like, I'm still processing. Still processing. Yeah, and and I think this is the most positive you're ever gonna see us after a loss. Ever. Um, because normally we would lose and we would say X, Y, and Z was wrong. This was wrong. That was wrong. But at this time, we looked at this team and we went. I wouldn't have thought like neither of the newcomers, maybe Tignesian, because of what you mentioned, five years uh, at the highest level at 23. Like he's even young and still he has solid five year experience. Like other than him, I wouldn't expect it. The youngsters, we will get into the Cyprus game soon as well. But bro. The debutants, so ready. And think about the ones that will be called up soon. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. So, and, and we'll, we'll get into that as it builds up. Um, but as we wrap up for us match day one of Euro 2024 qualifying, this is how the table is shaping up. We have Wales currently in first place uh, with four points uh, after they drew versus Croatia with a 94th minute uh uh, equalizing goal during a standing ovation for Luka Modric. Um, yeah. And then they went on to beat Latvia narrowly, 1-0. Uh, and then we have Croatia, also on four points. They, of course, drew with Will. And then they beat uh, Turkey away uh, in a very convincing game. Uh, I mentioned to the boys that I watched the full 90, and Croatia's game plan was identical to Armenia's, except and, – and they actually had way less chances than we had against Turkey – um really but yeah they did they had less chances but they converted when it mattered yeah quality and that that's the difference the quality then we have turkey in third place on three points with a negative one goal difference uh and then we have armenia in fourth place on zero points and then latvia fifth place on zero points uh armenia and latvia are the only two teams that have played one game this window uh turkey croatia and wales all played two games in this window uh so next matches for armenia uh we have to wait until june uh, well, it's almost April already anyway, so not that much, uh, April, May, June, two and a half months until we play Wales away on June 16th, uh, and then we have Latvia at home on June 19th. Um, but to wrap up the show, for a few minutes, we are going to be talking about uh, Armenia versus Cyprus. This was the second game in this window, but was an international friendly Um and we had a very pleasant surprise in this game, boys. Uh, we had a starting lineup that featured uh, Hrant Leon Ranos, Yerjanik Rubasarian, and Eric Piloyan, and David Davidian. Uh, so several more debuts to see in this game. Uh, and this game went, I would say, like a, like a typical Armenian frustration, but also showcased so much of our talent. We dominated the ball. We played great. And then uh, Hrant Leon Ranos scored a brace, not once, but twice uh, on his debut for the Armenian national team in a two-all draw versus Cyprus. Um, I'll just open the floor to you guys. Just get your general thoughts on this game, on Hrant, and uh, and just what did you think? Uh, Chadens, we'll start with you. Pretty... Interesting, friendly game. Uh, Ranos was phenomenal. Everyone saw that. His first goal, I repeated it many times to many people, whoever I saw, and whoever saw his goal, is that on his first goal, the way he didn't look up and he shot the ball shows how much he's got that goal-scoring instinct. He's got that that elite-level element in him. And And he's just 19 years old. That's going to grow even further. And this is just the beginning. And uh, regarding some other players, uh, Tiknizian, very good, um, very good, notable mention. Uh, 
he runs, 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 doesn't stop. Uh, he defends like his life depends on it. He's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Piloyan was uh, good as well. Uh, Rubasarian, very good. Uh, good to have him in the national team. Very, it was it was a player that we're looking forward to at some point, and it's finally here under Petrakov. He's gonna he's gonna excel, I hope. And the match as a whole, it was it was good. Unfortunate that we, uh, that it wasn't a win for Armenia, but at the same time, uh, good for Cyprus because you know obviously I'm a Cypriot Armenian. Lol. Uh, yeah, over to you, Armin. <laughs> yeah, love for our Cypriot brothers. Uh, it had the feel of a game. Like individually, you can't develop, elaborate all that much. You guys already did. Uh, in general, it had the feel of a, a friendly game. Uh, we dominated. We felt less pressure, which is why I feel like what I saw was a team a little f- more free to do what they want. Um, and it showed. Like everyone saw how we dominated through the course of the game and again a few individual mistakes and as well some uh general structural issues uh Uchnev screwing it up as we knew it would happen but yeah. don't listen to fk right uh we're just pundits uh but seriously Buchnev, that's enough thank you very much you're done um big issue big issues uh set pieces set pieces yeah we can see it from set pieces in both games one each uh second big issue headers defending headers we considered uh we considered two eyes i think uh one's a direct header the second one uh, an air ball that would defend it like crap Buchnev, uh-huh, and conceded again so those are the two big issues other than that great performance and something that like you guys mentioned the inability we have usually to score we did however score in both games something to work on and build up on yeah and and and, and that second goal from ranos was beauty a ball over the top by Sako. beautiful first touch rounded the keeper and tapped it into an empty net i mean that german connection it worked. It worked a beauty, and and it's similar to that to that South American connection between uh between Lucas and Norby. So you could tell that Petrakov well, is, is thinking about these things in his head when he's creating his lineups. Uh, and and a fun fact for you for you both gentlemen, because I know you're not following this at the moment because we're recording, but I am. Uh, Ronos actually scored Bayern two's third goal. Uh, right now they're actually up three one, and he scored again. Uh, so course. of course he did. Looking forward to seeing what that one looks well, like. Wow, he's on fire. Um, and and he spent an extra day in in Armenia after uh after this game, and then flew to Germany. Uh, so he spent all day Wednesday in Hayastan. Uh, he took a picture in Kaskad before he before he left. And um, I'm I'm. I'm that how he feels the jersey. Like we have so much to elaborate on. Like about the, the the transfers, the rumors about him, about Edo Spertian, about the others, uh, how how the newcomers, including him, of course, uh, sang the anthem, uh, even though they don't speak the language. Uh, yeah. We have so much to elaborate on. Yeah, there's so much, and and we're this is why we're so positive, weirdly positive after a loss and a draw, because we we see it, and and not only do we see it. I think people finally see what we've been seeing, you know, people finally are, are able to see when we've been talking about Tiknesian, when we've been talking about Ranos, when we've been talking about uh, uh, Sarian, who's a football against from future star player. When, when we've been mentioning these players and talking about them for these past, what, almost two and a half years we've been doing football against them now. Um, I think people are finally starting to see what we've been seeing. The talent is there. The ability is there. Now we're finally getting them on the pitch. I'm not saying we're going to the Euros, um, but I, what I am saying is this is a young, young Armenian team that is going to do some very, very big things. Team building. And on that note, 
Thank you guys for listening. I know this show isn't as long as you guys would have hoped for, but we okay. will be back soon. We have a lot of, lot of, lot of good stuff coming up, including football games from uh, Future Stars, another part. I know Ottoman is very excited about that. With a couple mm-hmm. of players that we anticipate uh, will be part of the national team fold soon. Uh, so, gentlemen, thank you for joining. This was great. Wraps up another national team window. Uh, we will, of course, be leading doing all the lead up to the june matches uh just like how we always do if you don't already subscribe follow like uh thank you our youtube numbers have been amazing for this game by the way thank you for that this this is our previous episode our turkey preview was our most listened to episode of football games one ever um so we really really appreciate that so continue sharing uh, continue the support and let this be a foundation that armenian football builds on uh and what do we say chadens Heavy Aftanag. Heavy Aftanag. Peace.